Hey, listen, uh, I've been living on this earth 54 years, and I'll be honest with you, I still struggle with time change. I, I don't like this one. I love the other one. I don't like this one. The other one's my friend. This one's my enemy. And, uh, and, and I'm being serious. I don't know what to do with it. I don't know how to handle it. I, I, I get into strategy mode and the best way to, uh, to go through this. But it's going to wreak havoc on me for about a week, maybe, maybe two, until I can get my whole system back to this. And so I, I just don't know how to handle it. I don't know what to do to make it better. It's sort of like a bad Christmas gift. You know, most Christmas gifts you get are, are fantastic. This past year, most Christmas gifts I got were fantastic. But I did get one. I was like, what is this? You know, is this, this is a re-gift. I know, I know, I know a re-gift when I see a re-gift. And I, I guarantee you, this one's been re-gifted a lot, you know. But I don't know what to do with it. I, I don't know how to handle it, you know. I mean, because I'm pretty transparent. I mean, people can usually read my, my face pretty good, what I'm thinking. And so I, I guarantee you, they thought, oh, he knows. He knows. But I, I don't know how to handle it. What about sin? What about sin for the believer? Man, what, what do we do about it? How, how do we handle it? And I'm not talking about our, our sin nature. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about that particular sin. You know, that particular sin maybe that, that trips you up. That particular sin maybe you wrestle with. That, maybe that particular sin that you're, you're ashamed of. And, and you just don't know what to do with it. What, what do we do with it? You know, we can go back to Genesis and we see where Adam and, and Eve, you know, and uh, you know, they had one commandment. They had one. They didn't have ten commandments. They didn't have all the commandments uh, of the Old Testament. They had one commandment. Do not eat of the tree uh, of good and evil. Don't eat of that tree. And they, they ate of the tree. They had one commandment and they blew it. But how did they handle it? And they hid from God. They hid. They were ashamed. And, and they hid from God. And then God sacrificed an animal and he made coverings for them. Because in, in that sin they realized their nakedness and, and they were ashamed. So he sacrificed an animal and he, he made coverings for them. The reason that today's message is important is because I'm afraid many of us still don't know what to do with sin. See, the, the whole reason for this series, the, the, sort of not the whole reason for it, but what really inspired this series was the fact that a lot of people, we may understand what Jesus has done for us in the past, and maybe some of us don't, but we, we really don't understand what he's doing for us right now. We, we know what he has done, but maybe we don't know what he is doing. So we want to focus today really on both what he's done and, and what he's doing. And so we're looking at this, this phrase that Jesus is our high priest. Now, as we walk through, you hear that word high priest, and you're like, I've heard of that. I mean, I, I, maybe I, you grew up in church, and you've heard of high priest, but you've never talked to one. You know, you, you, you've never been to the, to the temple, and you, you never talked to one. It's important to remember, as we walk through Hebrews, the language of Hebrews is going to be very unfamiliar to us, maybe, because it was not written to us. Hebrews was written to a Jewish audience. They were Jewish Christians, and they, they knew all about it, okay? Now, it is written for us. Now, we're going to talk about that in a minute, but the, the Jewish Christians, they knew all about high priests. They knew about the tabernacle. They knew about sacrifices. They knew about festivals. They knew all about that stuff. And, and what's interesting about all that stuff in the Old Testament, it all points to Jesus. Like every sacrifice points to Jesus. Every festival points to Jesus. All that points to Jesus. But this was written to Christians, man, they knew that language. 
that when, when high priest or tabernacle or a particular sacrifice was mentioned, man, they understood it com- completely. Hebrews is written for us, though. Not to us, but, but for us. I mean, God made sure that this message that was written to a Jewish Christian audience was included for all audiences. Because again, we need to understand what Jesus has done, and we need to understand what Jesus is doing now, like in the right now, as I speak, and and as you sit and listen, we need to understand what Jesus is doing for us in the the right now. So I'm going to read again what what Jordan uh, read. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who's unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who's been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So first thing we need to know is we talk about high priests. We need to know this, that Jesus, he's superior. Man, in the Old Testament, the priests would offer sacrifices for the people. Now, we, most of us know that. If you grew up in church at any time at all, if you didn't know this, in the Old Testament, this, the priest would have to offer sacrifices. He would intercede for the people. But he would first have to offer sacrifices for himself, for for, for his sin. Then he could offer the sacrifices for the people. Can you imagine the weight of that? First of all, you've got to offer, you've got to make sure you're clean. You've you got to make sure, like, I don't know about you, when I take communion, I'm, I'm going, Lord, I'm getting ready to preach. I want you to forgive me. And I, I, even if I'm not preaching during communion time, I'm doing an examination, and I, I'm, I'm asking forgiveness. I'm thanking God for the work of Jesus. But he, had, he would have to offer sacrifices for his sin, then not sin on the way to offer sacrifices for the sin of other people. Can you imagine the weight of this? Because if he didn't do it right, and he entered into the Holy of Holies, man, it's death to him. Man, God could, could strike him dead. So they, they did not go in with confidence to the Holy of Holies. They, they went in trembling with a rope tied around their waist. Because if they got struck by God, The other priests who were standing outside would pull him out. So they didn't walk in there with with confidence. No, they walked in there with a rope. And the reason that he had to sacrifice for his sins first is this. Even though he was the high priest, even though he got that, that, that title and he was of that bloodline, he was still a descendant of Adam. He was still a he was he was fully man. He, he, he was fully man. He may have had the bloodline of the priesthood, and he may have, you know, had the title of high priest. But he was a man. He was human, like, like every single one. He was a, a son, so to speak, of, of Adam. Fully man, born in sin, has sinned, and you know what, we'll, we'll sin again. Jesus, man, our high priest is, is superior because he's fully God. He's fully God. Listen to what it said. It said in verse 14. 
Therefore, since we have a great high priest who's ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. He ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God. He is the Son of God. He is fully God. When he's before God on our behalf, guess what he's not doing? He's not worrying about, hey, am I forgiven? He has never sinned. Now, that seems like, I don't know how he got by with that. He got by with it because he's fully God. And then his sacrifice for our sins, man, it's one and done. Man, there's no need for any more sacrifices. The high priest, oh, he's going to have to continually offer sacrifices for his sin and the sins of the people. It would never end. Now, think about this. You're the high priest. Or, or even the people, and you've just sacrificed for sin or just had your sin sacrificed for, and you're on the way home, and a camel pulls out in front of you. Or, or you sin some other way. You lose your temper or, or, or lust of the eyes, whatever it may be. And you've just left the temple. Well, now you've got to wait again. You have to wait for the sacrifice again. Jesus Sacrificed himself. And once and for all. And you know what that does to me? And that speaks security over me. When Jesus sacrificed himself for you. And that was it. It was complete. And that should speak security over you. It is finished. No, no more sacrifices needed for those who believe. Because he was fully God. But yet... Jesus is superior because he's also fully man. Listen, verse 15, he says, For we do not have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Jesus. Tempted in every way. Jesus. Lust the eyes. Lust of the flesh. Pride of life. Tempted sexually. Tempted to get drunk. Tempted to lash out in anger. To lie, to steal, to give up, to, to be discouraged. Tempted in every way. He understands what it's like to be betrayed, abandoned, uh, abused, uh, alone, falsely accused. And he understands it. You, you name it. He gets it. Have you suffered because of others? He understands. Have you suffered because of life here on earth? He gets it. Have you suffered because of sin? And have you, have you just been so tempted? So is Jesus. But here's the beauty of him also being fully man. Jesus is superior because he sympathizes with us. I, I want you to understand something this morning. You may not understand yourself. You may not get yourself, but Jesus understands you. Man, Jesus gets you. What you and I go through, he gets it. What discourages us, what, what tempts us, what, what causes us to sin, he understands. He, Jesus, 
fully God, fully man, sympathizes with us. I want you to to hear this. He sympathizes with you. Verse 15, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. Man, that's not Jesus, unable to sympathize with the weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet he is without sin. He sympathizes with us. And here's the truth. We don't think about Jesus this way very often, do we? We sin and we want to be like Adam and, and we want to be like Adam and Eve and we want to hide and, and we, want to, uh, you know, we want to just rest in, in our shame. I, I always knew when I, when I first came to faith in Christ and the pastor that led me to Christ, he always knew when I was struggling. You know why? Because I avoided him like the plague. Never went around him. And then my best friend would tell on me, some best friend he was, right? Hey, you need to go talk to Scott. He's doing this again. We sin and and we want to be like Adam and Eve and we want to hide because we're ashamed. And Jesus, surely Jesus is ticked at us. Man, surely Jesus is mad and he's disappointed. And surely he's more ashamed of us than we, we are of ourselves. That's a lie. Can can we take that thought captive just just for a moment? Jesus is ashamed of me. Now, the truth is this. Jesus sympathizes with you. Jesus understands you. He gets you. And he sympathizes with you. He cares for you. In this moment of of temptation, in this moment of maybe guilt, in this moment of shame, I want you to know this. He cares for you. And Jesus cares for you. 1 John 2, 1, uh, John writes, my dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. Okay, so it's not like this is a free ticket just to sin. But he says, hey, I write this letter to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, listen to what he says, we have an advocate With the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. Now, first of all, he says children. Now, it's not an insult. He's speaking to our identity. We're we're children of God. We all have the same father. Jesus is the brother, the firstborn of many brothers. It speaks to our identity. And because of our faith in Jesus, we're we're forgiven. Uh, We're children of God that we're forgiven. But we're still prone, like the hymn says, to wander. Prone to be tempted. Prone to occasionally sin. Not, not a lifestyle of sin where we go, hey, this is fine. You can do whatever you want. That, that's not what he's talking about here. But he's talking about the kind of sin that we hate and the kind of sin that we regret. You know what I find odd about church and church people? Not you, but me too, all of us. We're the finest people on the face of the earth. We, we can walk into a church building and we could have blown it in the car. We could have just lost our temper and said every word we've ever known and walk in the front doors and somebody, hey, how are you doing? Fine. Fine. I'm good. It happened to me right, right out here. I was talking to Chris and we were right out there in the thing. He said, how are you doing? I said, I'm good. I'm not good. <laughs> I got garbage in my life and junk going on just like everybody else. But he didn't have time for that, and I didn't want to bore him with it. 
He he wouldn't have bored him. But man, no one answers this way. Well, I'm walking with Jesus and occasionally life's hard. Or I'm walking with Jesus and you know what? I still sin. Well, I'm, I'm walking with Jesus and I'll be honest with you, I'm really discouraged. You know, I'm walking with Jesus, but you know what? I looked at porn last night. Or I'm walking with Jesus and I'm struggling with addiction. Or, you know, I'm walking with Jesus and I'm I'm really thinking about giving up on, and you can fill in the blank. The fact that we're in church, the fact that many of you are watching online and attending this way, that, that is an admission that we've blown it, right? I mean, that we needed a, a Savior, that we needed to be forgiven. That is an admission that we needed a Savior. And not just in the past tense. Listen, I still need Jesus as much today as I needed him 34, 35 years ago. Listen, we still need, you know why? Because he even advocates for us. It says if anybody does sin, and now he's talking about believers, And we're talking about now, what what do we do with it? What do we do with this sin? If anybody does sin, he says, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. What does that look like? Well, it speaks to this next point. Jesus is superior because he saves us. And not just saves us, he saves us. I love the language of Hebrews. He He saves us to the uttermost. Like he didn't say it was a little bit. Like, hey, your salvation is good for 30 days. Okay, but your warranty after that, well, it really depends on how you use it. No, he saves us to the uttermost. Most of us in this room, we've drawn near to God through our faith in Jesus. You, you have this right relationship with God. You have this forgiveness of sins. But here's the truth for many of us. We have an Old Testament mindset. Meaning that we went to Jesus for forgiveness and we received it. But either on the way home to church or the next day, we blew it. We, we, we sinned again. Sort of like a, a chalkboard. You know, like, like we had this big chalkboard over our head. And before we came to Christ, man, it just had all these marks on it, right? Just full of sin. It just, matter of fact, you couldn't even see the, 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 the gray on the chalkboard or whatever color that is, slate. You couldn't even see the slate. It's just all white marks. And then we got saved. And, man, Jesus just, man, he just, man, everything was erased. And then we woke up late the next morning. Doggone it, we didn't sin again. New mark. And then later that day, another mark. And later that day, another mark. Later that day, another mark. We think we're walking around with all these marks above our head. But we're saved to the uttermost. We're able, he says this in Hebrews 7.25, he's able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to him. And here's why. Since he's always living to make intercession for them. He's, what he's doing, he's continually made right with God. We're continually made right with God through faith in Jesus. We're, we're justified. Now, justified uh, is, has a weird term today. Justified, like if, if I go outside and I get mad at somebody because they dinged my car, you would say, well, he was justified. That, that's not the same 
word in Scripture, justified, is just as, it, just as if I never sinned. Justified. So what Jesus is constantly doing, that chalkboard that you think you have over your head, Mark, no, I erased it. Mark, no, I erased it. No, Mark, no, I erased it. Jesus is interceding constantly before the Father, always hitting this like button. It says always hitting the refresh button on our justification, on our cleanliness, on our forgiveness. He's always hitting the refresh button. And because of that, those who have trusted in Jesus, and we are saved to the uttermost. Because Jesus is constantly, like Dane Ortland said, is constantly hitting the refresh button on this. So what do we do? So what do we do with that? I get, I get all the prayer requests that come in for both campuses. I mean, you, you, there's a lot of people that are discouraged. Struggling and brokenhearted. And I'm not the only one that gets them. The, the elders and staff get them. What do we do if you're struggling, brokenhearted, and discouraged? Hebrews 4, verse 16. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. Because we have a high priest who's constantly interceding for us. We can approach his throne of grace with confidence. Not worried about judgment. Not worried about being cast out. Not worried about losing our salvation. We can approach God's throne of grace with confidence. So that we may receive mercy. And find grace to help us in our time of need. What do you do? You go to God. For the tempted. For those that have sinned again. For those who feel ashamed. And what do you do? Let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence. You don't have to hide. You don't have to avoid God. You don't have to avoid other believers. You don't have to avoid your pastor. You go to God with confidence so that you may receive mercy and find help and grace in your time of need. For those who have never trusted Jesus, you believe in him. But you never trusted him. Because who would ever forgive you? Jesus would. And not only would Jesus do it. Can you understand that Jesus lives for that? He lives for that? Man, if you live for something, you, you love to do what you get to do. 
Man, Christ came to forgive sinners. Man, to seek and, and save the lost. And maybe you think, no, not me. I'm telling you, yes, you. Not only will Jesus forgive you, he will do it with the greatest smile on his face. He loves you. And that's why he was sent. So for you, I would say this. Approach God's throne. Approach God's throne. Approach that throne of grace for the first time. Find forgiveness. Oh, find mercy and grace to help you in your time of need. Trust Him. So what do we do with our sin? How do we handle it? And we take it to the one who wants to handle it. Man, we take it to the one who, who loves us, who will never. We take it to the one who has saved us to the other most. We, we take it to the one who understands us, who, who gets us and sympathizes with us. We take it to him. And we receive grace and mercy to help us in our time of need. Father God. I'll be the first to admit. I used to not think about you this way. And Father, I'll be the first to admit I had an Old Testament mindset for a long time. But Father, you have revealed your heart to us. Not, not somebody's interpretation. But Father, you have sent your son, our high priest. Who's able to sympathize with us in every way. Yet was without sin. Father he gets us. So Father I pray God that your spirit. Father would speak to our souls. And Father God that we would understand. Father you are so for us. Even, even in our mess. Even in our, in our sin God you are for us. And you offer us grace and mercy to help us. So Father, I pray God for those that are struggling with sin. Father, those who are struggling with discouragement. Father, those who are struggling and don't even have a name to put with it. Father, they will approach your throne of grace with confidence. And find the grace and the mercy to help. So Father, we thank you. And Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Here's what, here's what we could do. I want to invite you to do this. And, and you don't have to. There's no pressure here. But if you want to approach God's throne. And, and you want to treat the, the stage here as that. Man, I invite you to, to come down for that. Or maybe it's, um, maybe you want to stay where you are. But don't miss this opportunity. To go before the throne. Don't miss this opportunity to receive grace and mercy to help you in this time of need.